This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. Ukraine is facing potentially a very nasty crisis. Several courts have ruled that Privat Bank, that was nationalized in December 2016, should be returned to its former owners. I talked to Valeria Gontareva, the former National Bank governor, who was responsible for nationalizing the bank. She says there's no question that the former owners stole not just $5.5 billion, but up to $7 billion worth in what is one of the largest banking scandals in Eastern Europe since 1991. Gontareva, who oversaw the nationalization, takes me through the details of what actually was involved. So I'm here with Valeria uh, Gontareva, who's the former governor of the National Bank of Ukraine. And I was just saying you gave a very impassioned speech just now, um, saying that the independence of the National Bank of Ukraine is under attack. And of course, this is connected to the whole court decisions that have been made recently saying to undo the nationalization that you oversaw of Privat when it became clear that the former shareholders, Kolomoisky and his partners, had basically stolen all of the money. So is this right? I mean, is the National Bank under attack and can you undo the nationalization of it? Uh, you know, National Bank obliged to follow the rules if a court decision uh, will be uh, against nationalization, what the Central Bank can do? Uh, because uh, uh, private bank, it's a state-owned bank. If decisions that uh, nationalization was uh, will be nil and void, uh, what does it mean? It means that uh, Ministry of Finance will not be owner anymore, and uh, and this bank will be transferred to the ownership again of former uh, owners. And what does it mean from financial stability? It means that uh, absolutely total disaster, no doubt about that because the central bank will be immediately obliged to uh, call this bank insolvent and uh, frankly speaking what the central bank could do central bank uh, has only uh, two choices to send this bank for liquidation or to again ask ministry of finance to nationalize this bank again Central Bank is not a shareholder. Central Bank is not a Minister of Finance. Central Bank could not nationalize the bank. Central Bank only recognized uh, that this bank is insolvent. Of course, I think it will be absolutely... It's, uh, why we avoid uh, liquidation of this bank uh, in 2016? Because for financial stability, we had no doubts that we could not allow this bank uh, to be liquidated. Because it's uh, more than 20 million Customers. Today, CEO of this bank says that it's 22 million customers. And it's uh, the biggest systemic bank in our country. It was that time and it's still now. And uh, of course, uh, that time before nationalization, we were very worried about uh, the way of this nationalization. That's why we prepared uh, nationalization step by step. We agreed with Ministry of Finance and with uh, DGF Fund and with State Securities Commission all our action in advance. It was very well orchestrated and coordinated efforts. That's why uh, the process of nationalization was quite smooth. And of course, I do not even... Uh, I do not want even to imagine that something like that could happen. 
does the courts even have the authority? Because at the end of the day, you know, the MBU is the central bank, it's the regulator. Its job is to decide if banks are healthy and if it suspects that they're not, to close them down. It doesn't have to have any recourse to the courts, can it? I mean, it, it's, its whole purpose is to keep the banking sector healthy. Absolutely, because central bank is a regulator. But again, uh, central bank is also the biggest uh, part uh, to preserve, uh, take active part to preserve financial stability in, in the country. And in that time we perfectly understood uh, that it was just a disaster if we will send this bank just for liquidation. Mm. And that's why we proposed Ministry of Finance to nationalize this bank, because it was the most uh, systemically important bank in our country. And to be blunt, um, these decisions came as a shock. However, you know, this is Ukraine, emerging Europe, that the judicial system is corrupt. This case is being brought by a multi-billionaire. And no one said it out loud, but isn't it clear that these courts are just being bought, that these decisions aren't real? Absolutely, that, that absolutely, no doubt. I even, uh, you know, I even uh, said that absolutely bluntly here in a conference, it's a corrupted, unfortunately corrupted court system, corrupt and prosecutor office. What we can do? But then if Kolomoisky is bribing the courts to get decisions, this is illegal. And yet the NBU's defense is it's had to go back to the courts to appeal the decision to stay within the system. But the system is clearly being abused. I mean, is it not possible to shortcut this or to...? Uh, you, you know, you, you ask me. I am a former central banker. I am not a general prosecutor office. I have worked with, uh, during three years of my work in a central bank like a governor, I had three general prosecutors. The first was Yerema, second Shokin, and the third Lutsenka. What I can tell you, uh, why a reform, uh, they didn't do any reforms in all this. Uh, corrupted uh, the system. Unfortunately, it's not in the territory of the central bank. We did our reforms. And what happens next then? Um, is Privat Bank going to be returned, or is it completely unclear? Uh, you know what we can. Uh, we know only that all international communities support uh, uh, central bank, supports independence. Of course, absolutely against. And you heard today in uh, this panel uh, that uh, they, all of them support nationalization of private bank and says that it was absolutely right decision and right procedure. And uh, they even apprise central bank and Ministry of Finance for the smooth and very. Uh, effective way of nationalization of these banks. That's why no doubt an international community will never tolerate this decision. But what does it mean for Ukraine? It means that international community to stop to work with Ukraine. And what does it mean for investors? It's that financial stability will be, uh, you know, under threat. So in, in a way the whole prevent bank faith is existential for Ukraine because Absolutely. if it's returned then that ends the IMF support if the IMF support is ended then Ukraine and is going not just IMF all international community and European Union it's all countries already express uh, their uh, view about private bank and Ukraine won't be able to meet its debt obligations which have just gone up because uh, the, the Juresco uh, oh, five oh, years oh, is oh, over yes no doubt because we still uh, for next three years uh, our expenditure budget expenditure 
strategy for debt repayment and for financing of budget deficit is like 8% per year, 8% of GDP per year. It's like 11, 12 billion per year you need to repay. Of course, our countries have no such ability to do that without international community, international investors. So if Privat Bank is returned, then Ukraine will go into default? And then this will spark a new crisis, uh, right? You know that even recently, maybe one week ago, it was an article in Financial Times when Kolomoisky called, it's a former owner of this bank, mm -hmm. which is under investigation right now in different jurisdictions. She, uh, he even called that Ukraine should default. Yes. You, observe, uh, you could observe his speech. Why, why was he saying that? Uh, you, you know, uh, because uh, nobody allowed allows him to get this bank back or to get any so-called compensation like a two billion because for what compensation for a fraud of 5.5 billion dollars or even more like today CEO of private bank the first time she mentioned that he still owns to bank 200 billion grivnas means 7.6 billion dollars not even 5.5 which we injected to this bank sorry so yet the the, the new number, which is coming from Privat Bank, has put up the number because we've all been quoting 5.5. And she's saying that now they've separated in Privat Bank, they separated out the bad loans into the fraud loans and into the regular business bad loans. But the fraud loans, she's identifying a 200 billion grievna or 7.6 billion dollars. Yes, yes, absolutely. Where's the money? Because you, you hired Kroll, who did a forensic investigation. Yes. And they also, the team um, who are here actually, uh, also did this investigation into Moldova. These are very experienced people. Um, did they identify where the money went? Is there any chance of getting Yes, it they did. You could observe uh, U.S. Uh, claim right now in U.S. jurisdiction. In Delaware. And, and, and as far as I understand, uh, you can read it's 100 for more than 100 pages and you can justify even some American assets. So is there any doubt that this money was taken illegally? Wasn't it just siphoned off a related party? Uh, you know, what, how could there be any doubt? Money disappeared from bank. Bank was uh, a pure uh, pyramid, pure Ponzi scheme. And after, Central Bank is not a crawl, it's not a forensic audit, it's not an FBI agent. Central Bank is a regulator. Central Bank uh, identify all these gaps show all these gaps and after hired initially central bank and after central bank private bank hired crawl for forensic uh, investigations for uh, and crawl did right and after based on that as far as i understand lawyers prepare their cases how did it come to the fact that they stole so much money I mean, it was effectively a hundred percent of the deposit. yes absolutely that's why you can observe right now i left central bank two years ago and initially uh, for example, during the nationalization time, it was uh, my public uh, in, in a speech uh, in national, after the nationalization night in the morning. It was my public speech together with Minister of Finance, Alexander Daniluk. And we said that uh, the gap in uh, capital needed was 146 billion grivnas. Uh, and after that, uh, when I left Central Bank, uh, we had post-audit. Uh, after nationalization, it was post-audit of Ernst Young. And Ernst Young said, Central Bank, you were wrong. They need additional 100, uh, not sorry, 138 billion grivna capital. 
It's only right now total amount 155 injected mm -hmm. capital, only because we did some bail-in of related party deposits mm -hmm. for 30 billion. That's why total amount of recapitalization was 155 billion grivnas. And after that, after two years, right now, two years since, no COPEC repeat. And central bank prepared all uh, related party transactions, list of related parties. And it was absolutely clear that all, all this money uh, belong, uh, owned to uh, owner of these banks. Wasn't there an agreement, a letter specifically, where um, the shareholders agreed to pay back some of the money or at least try to? Yes, it was. And they just ignored it. Um, uh, let's uh, go back for you to understand the meaning of this letter. When we, uh, first of all, uh, we did, uh, uh, we started in the beginning of 2015, we started uh, diagnostic of banks, all banks, it's not just private banks. Private bank was among the first top 20 banks. Why? Because he's the top one bank in our country. Yeah. That That's why it was top 20, next, top, uh, next 20, next 20, and finally it was all banking system. The principles, were this, uh, we, uh, it was absolutely equal for all Ukrainian banks. It was equal played field. It was absolutely equal techniques how Central Bank uh, did this diagnostic. It was asset quality review and stress test. All this methodology of this asset quality review and stress test uh, were developed by Central Bank together with IMF and World Bank. That's why they help us with that. And we started diagnostic. After the first diagnostic result show us, it was 2015, uh, that the, the real gap and real uh, problem with the capital of private bank was uh, 113 billion grivnas. We are talking about 2015. Right. After, in the beginning of 2016, it was a, a recapitalization plan was agreed with private bank. Mm. What does it mean, the recapitalization plan? The plan was, again, equal for all Ukrainian banks. It's not just unique for private bank. It was four years recapitalization plan. It was to reach the capital uh, uh, adequacy ratio zero. It was the first uh, of April 2016. After 5%, after 7%, and only this year you should reach 10% uh, capital adequacy ratio. The and, man, which is the mandatory uh, Yes, but it's only, we are talking with you about the 2015, and right now we are sitting in 2019, means four years left. Yeah. But we are talking about this date. What does it mean to sign a recapitalization plan? Shareholders committed together with management to fulfill all these obligations mm -hmm. and uh, to increase uh, and their capital according to this schedule. And more than that, it was a related party list of companies and it was deleveraging, means they should repay during five years all these related parties. It was not like a one-day exercise. Yeah. It was four years for recapitalization and four, five years for elimination of related party lending. 
This bank was just a pyramid, uh, but it was, of course, based on related party lending. But related party lending was not the biggest problem, because we had a special program to eliminate this related party during five years, because it was not just in one bank. All this related party lending was the real uh, biggest S problem, systemic, systemic problem. problem of banking sector. And they took obligation, signed guarantee letters, Kalamoyski himself provided his personal guarantee how they will fulfill all this obligation. And uh, again, it was not just, uh, you know, to pay all these 100, even 13 billion in cash. Absolutely not. For example, the first stage was 31 billion should be put like a real assets to their balance sheet because related party is a one problem but the main problem is that all this related parties lending was never done properly even for operational company with real uh, collateral or real security with real cash flow it was just empty shelves mm. what the state did when we injected 155 billion we just injected uh, real assets to the bank because before it was just list of absolutely fraudulent shelf companies mm -hmm. and uh, their recapitalization plan envisaged 35 billion take to the balance sheet a national bank will validate the uh, proper valuation of these assets and after says that it's okay and uh, uh, the first um, uh, exercise should be done before the uh, April um, 2015. But unfortunately, because private banks start to put absolutely not a good assets, mm. uh, this process was still end of August 2016. Mm. And after, finally, under the pressure of central bank, they took all these 31 billion, mm. and we got IMF tranche in September of 2016. Mm. In five, five days, Central Bank decided to check in registered all these assets and recognize that 5.5 billion was already withdrawn. From this 31? Yes, even from this 31. So they put, it in, they put in the 31 under a lot of pressure. To and then their balance sheet of their bank. Yeah. You know, we're sitting in a central bank, we're a regulator. It's a, a bank with own management, with own shareholders, yeah. to put their assets to their balance sheet. Mm. And after, even in five days, 5.5 was withdrawn. Means they didn't meet even this point of the uh, their point. obligation. Yes. They, it was a fraud again. What's the second, uh, what this, uh, uh, for, for example, stage? This stage, stage, second stage, this stage, they were obliged to took 74 billion uh, to transfer all of these assets from shelf companies to the real operational businesses because it's empire. They have all these businesses. Yeah. They have all these assets in US, like you can observe from mm. this claim. They have different assets in UK and the different assets around the globe. It, and they have tons of assets in Ukraine. It was just a program. A put operational business with real cash flow, with real collateral, and you will fulfill your obligations and reach this. When they started to do, they pretended that they started to do this stage. And after we recognized that they didn't, and after they withdraw this 5.5 billion, it was absolutely clear that they will not meet their obligations. We again met with shareholders, and they again sent us a letter uh, about uh, that they propose nationalization, and they propose that they will do all of that. They just ask us to postpone some deadline. And uh, finally, uh, uh, it was again, uh, they start to do 
transformation of their portfolio and start to create against one fraudulent companies, they start to put all these loans to other fraudulent shelf companies. And after we ask, uh, uh, we oblige, uh, order them to um, uh, hire an audit mm -hmm. to confirm this transformation. And Ernst Young audit confirm us this amount, which was finally national uh, nationalized, in uh, which we 146 yes. billion. And after that. Uh, central bank they not just confirm uh, our they even recognized more and post nationalization recognized even more so yeah just yeah the that's why 200. yeah that's why but but this is a it was a game. date when we call uh, it was November 2016 right. when we sent our letter to Minister of Finance yeah. and said it's time to consider nationalization we were very clever, because together with Natalia Reska, we said it's a former minister of finance in Ukraine, in the middle of 2015, we start the preparation process to nationalization. All my public speeches, which you could uh, hear uh, right now, even, uh, but it was two years in a row, mm. it was my message to all Ukrainian mm. population. Guys, don't worry. Uh, uh, we are working uh, uh, under the program of recapitalization of this bank, but in case this uh, recapitalization plan will not be fulfilled and delivered, we will nationalize this bank because it's the biggest systemic bank. And why I was so sure about nationalization and could uh, mm. even, first of all, uh, we could not uh, create a panic in the market because it's the biggest bank. It's not just 33% of private individual deposits. It was 50% of our transactional business in country. Five zero, fifty percent. It was just amazing. So half the banking sector was private bank. Especially in transactional business, thirty-three percent private individual deposits. And uh, in uh, from monetary policy, it uh, when we are talking about one hundred fifty-five billion, uh, it's like a forty percent of Ukrainian monetary base. For you to understand the magnitude of this fraud. Yeah. And uh, we start uh, our working uh, group and we start the preparation of uh, a possible nationalization process. Because uh, in, even when we recognize this gap in capital in 2015, we should be prepared for possible nationalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally it's happened. And finally, because it was very well orchestrated uh, efforts of Minister of Finance, Cabinet of Ministers, National Bank, Deposit Guarantee Fund, State Security Commission, it was uh, very smooth process of nationalization. And uh, for shareholders to write this letter, mm. it's only to reassure that it will be not a risk of red bottom risk. What does it mean red bottom? If the bank is under their control, and red bottom risk, if you push this bottom, they could operationally stop this bank, to operationally stop uh, uh, everything. Means that it will be, in our country, it could be like a blackout. That's why Ministry of Finance agreed that, uh, and provided them six months to repay this loan. Not repay this loan, but again, did all uh, recapitalization plan, which we agreed initially in 2015. 
I remember reading that. But they didn't do anything again after six months. I remember reading that you said that if they didn't meet their commitments, there was a possibility of bringing cr criminal charges. And and looking at the, the the size of the scam and the blatantness, why isn't Kolomoisky under arrest? I ask that all the time, not just about Kolomoisky, but about 100 banks which were already sent for liquidation when money was stolen and when it was not a bank, but just a corporate governance. The IFC will be the investor very soon, as you heard today, in Ukrgas Bank. Uh, we recapitalize this bank. We change completely corporate governance. You, you know, it's not just you clean up all these small uh, zombie banks, not. And not just the money laundering machine. We stop this uh, model of uh, oligarch banking model in Ukraine. And we clean up state banks. This it's unfortunately not happened everywhere. Indeed. Uh, nevertheless, um, the reforms are sort of half completed. The problem with uh, MPLs, non-performing loans, remains significant. No, reform, reform are completed. Uh, the, the, no, the first stage was, uh, you know, clean up. The second stage was exactly what we are talking about, corporate governance. Uh, and the third stage, of course, it's a development and sustainable growth. It's an endless stage. Yeah. We are in a third stage, no doubt. About NPL, which, which we discuss again, we will be back to our core system. If there is no rule of law, how you could resolve NPL problems? Mm. NPL problems, it's a court resolution. Yeah. We decided, we already created non-core resolution uh, uh, framework, uh, special law about that. Mm. Unfortunately, it's partially work. You need uh, real, uh, and you can see very good correlation, and today I even mentioned that, that in countries when there is rule of law, uh, resolution of NPL it's a really high in countries with uh, no rule of law it's very very low. low yeah it's very simple we need not to just resolve you you need to change your corrupted uh, judicial system and it will be automatically resolved do, do you feel that you completed your job because we were talking earlier and and you reminded me that you actually left because you were receiving death threats and yeah. it was uncomfortable for your family and you just thought enough's enough but do you feel that you completed your job, that you were satisfied with what Yeah, you frankly speaking, uh, yes, because when I put my resignation letter two years ago, I said that my mission is completed. And of course I left because of all this death threat, because we already finished all these two stages, clean up, and absolutely uh, I built new institution, new corporate governance, and strategy for central bank. This third stage, of course, it will be a long way to go. It's endless, frankly speaking, for sustainable, sustainable growth. Yeah. yeah, that's why my mission was completed. But left, yes, it's exactly because of death threats. Yeah, and this was bankers who were unhappy with having their especially especially the owner of private bank Kalamoisky. Yeah, you it were was, saying that, that, that uh, you're actually still under pressure and yes, receiving yes, threats from yes, him yes, personally. Yes, 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 it's absolutely it's true. And uh, more uh, than that, you could hear right now his public interviews. He always, all his interviews are just Gontreva, Gontreva, Gontreva. It looks like personal revenge. And more to that, he threatened me, even in one, his public interview one month ago, it was text I'd like to translate to English because it was, of, of course, in Russian. He said, if I will not appear in Ukraine, he will deliver me 
to Kiev by his per, uh, per, uh, private order, his personal private order, means in literal translation to English, it's like threat of kidnapping. So why hasn't he been arrested? Again, uh, you you ask me about that. GPO, uh, general you, prosecutor. Uh, you you ask me about that. I could have, I could even. We've got Zelensky coming in, uh, and then presumably Zelensky is going to, if he keeps up to his liberal promise, uh, then he's going to solve all of these. But the, 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 the fear is that Zelensky is also backed by Kolomoisky. And so here is Ukraine in this very difficult position. On the one hand, there's a lot of hope that the liberal, non-incumbent, outside the elite person is going to take over. And on the other hand, he could be just a puppet from the old regime. You know, uh, I uh, I never met uh, I never yes I never met uh, Zelensky personally before in my p professional life, but I uh, maybe uh, uh, as I mentioned today I always truly believe that the good will always triumph the evil. It means that I truly believe that if you are 42 years old. A new generation, not the old school, not all this racket of uh, old 90s. Mm. Uh, and you really like to deliver some some reforms in your country. You will never uh, be, uh, you know, uh, support all this uh, absolutely awful uh, uh, oligarch, criminal oligarchs. The main problem right now, which I could observe, it's when we have some, uh, as I call it, it's from startups jargon. It's a front end and a back end. Front end, it's a Zelensky with all his absolutely good new ideas, uh, not my maybe new but good ideas. And in the back end, it's a Kalamoisky with all these uh, corrupted prosecutors, corrupted court system. And when you are doing something on this. Uh, front end. Uh, I only ask everybody to see, not to even to clean up all the smoky screen and see what's going on in the back end. It's, right now it's very visible because it's a private bank. But believe me, private bank was not only one reformer in our country. You can see uh, later on, uh, for example, what was good in uh, different areas. And if you see again that it's uh, in front end, uh, uh, everybody is pro-reformer, but in the back end, everybody, uh, you, you, you know, start to play all these dirty games, you need to stop them.